Hi, welcome to We Love Freely. We are a black and queer owned coaching business dedicated to help curate the ideal relationship you want with yourself and with others. The vision we have for this podcast is that we are a resource point for people who are currently looking for a relationship and looking for a better way to be satisfied in their current relationship. We hope to help those in monogamous, polyamorous, friendship, single, or any other various form of relationship that you practice today. Hey guys, so again, welcome back to We Love Freely. We're here speaking with Dima. Uh, she is from Lagos, Nigeria. Um, and I found her randomly on Instagram. I was just like rolling through <clears throat> things on Instagram that was related to this eroticism and beauty um, and sensuality and sex. And I came across her page and it was like, this is perfect. I, I got to reach out. I got to see if she can be on this episode. So I'm glad that you're here with us um, for sure. And I'm going to speak a little bit about Dima. And then, of course, um, you can add in uh, anything that I may have missed. Um, but Dima is a, uh, a lawyer and a writer. Um, and you can check out um, her stuff on her Instagram. It's called Miss Erotica, uh, M-S-E-R-O-T-I-C-A-A <clears throat> on Instagram. And, of course, we'll add the show links into the note and into the show notes so you guys can access that quickly um through the professional experiences that dima has created through her platform uh, she's helped folks handle their emotional physical and spiritual issues and so far she's had over a 90 percent success rate and it's just growing you guys so hop on it while it's hot <laughs> the dedication of her platform is to help young folks handle their relationships better which is extremely similar to we love freely um, in addition to the platform, uh, she works with addiction patients at the Lighthouse Lakey, I believe is how you pronounce it, um, facility in Nigeria. Uh, she's been working with people there who have felt lost or has lost um, a loved one or is currently like in the process of losing them and kind of help them heal. It's been a passion of hers to help people understand their emotional and psychological and spiritual triggers and help them any way that she can. And um, yeah. Dima, did I miss anything? No. No? <laughs> All right. Well, as you guys know, every episode we cover a different topic uh, that can help you guys process through your relationships and your sex life. Um, and today's three topics, we're going to go over um, sexual confidence, um, loneliness, and, loneliness in relationships, and divine feminine energy. Now, Dima, I just see that your light went out. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so you want to go fix that? Yeah, we have electricity here, so um, Nepal fits in. If I would probably just light, so my husband was going to turn on the gym, so okay. we should have light two minutes. Yes, there's a problem. Um, right, thank you. Yeah, you want to wait a bit before you fix it, or you want to go ahead and jump into it? I could be young for me to be in the line. Yeah, I can wait. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem at all. <clears throat> And I can just cut this out of the recording. This is no problem. Yeah. 
it's a bit embarrassing. But I think it's still how I see us in this part of the world. Uh, we take the light sometimes and we have that quota for electricity. So they usually bring the light around uh, 11 a.m. and they take it by 6 p.m. and then they bring it by 11 p.m. and they take it by 8 a.m. Right. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Completely. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, All right. It so. doesn't, they're not being nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, the, it's what you have to deal with. So I get it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, Today, we're going to go over three different topics, um, and hopefully we can knock these out as clear as possible. Uh, the first one is about sexual confidence. Uh, the second one is about struggling with being alone in a relationship. And then the last one, we're going to speak a little bit about divine feminine energy. And each one of these topics, we have an article that is uh, associated to it that you guys can go over. Um, and if you need any more help with those articles, Dima and I can be happy to kind of set up a session and work with you guys. Um, <clears throat> So in the article that you called How to Boost Your Sexual Confidence, you speak about um, shame and guilt and how these things may be holding us back with our sexual confidence. Um, so I just kind of want to ask you, like, how have you seen shame and guilt in your life, either personally or professionally, um, hold your clients back from boosting their sexual confidence? Okay, so... Um... I wouldn't take it from two. I, so there's the, you know, so bad personal experiences when people are younger, you know, abused, or there's the issue of um, religion. And in Nigeria, ironically, those two issues are usually issues where, you know, young, especially women, end up being, you know, sexually unable to express themselves. Now, in terms of abuse, you know how abuse works in somebody when you're young, somebody takes advantage of you and then introduces you to sex in healthy ways. And then you get attached, you get tra traumatically at attached to those, at, um, um, those um, um, that type of abuse. And then it shows up in your relationship very unhealthy ways. And then you end up being, you know, unable to love yourself, unable to accept aspects of your personality, or even unable to accept, you know, aspects of your sexuality. Right. And in terms of religion, here in Nigeria, we're a very religious, um, we're a very religious country. So you either find people who are Christians or you find people who are Muslims. And even including myself, I've not been household where we're taught people um sex is sex is wrong, step from rights type of way, you go to hell, you know, and then you know, STD, you go to school, your teachers are warning you, you come back from the friends are telling you you know not to do some certain type of thing. So there's already like a shroud and a stigma around sex, you know. And then it becomes worse if maybe um you've been abused. And I've seen a lot of my clients who have been abused, you know, even in spite of coming from homes where they're always warned not indulge in sexual activities. And on top of that, they've been abused by maybe older cousins or uncles and, and such. You know, mm. they have to deal with the fact that, oh, they've committed a stain and then, you know, but they like stain, you know, stain and course, they like it. Yeah. And what they're allowed to express themselves. In. And then, you know, they start to hide, you know, and, and there's a lot of shame and stigma that comes from that, especially when you're in secondary school here in, in I mean, it's called high school in America, but you're in Nigeria, school, secondary school, and then, you know, you express yourself and people, you're already known as a bad boy or a bad girl. Those mm -hmm. things take thing, and then um, you know, the conscious part of your mind, you know, that, that tells you, okay, this is wrong. And even when you indulge in it and you like it, you know, you feel dirty afterwards, you feel bad, you feel guilty. Mm -hmm. Or there are some cases of abuse where, um, you know, whoever is causing the abuse, you know, 
he tries to put you down and say, well, you're not even that beautiful. I'm just trying to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to you. And then they grow up feeling, well, I'm not useful. Anybody who gets with me is just doing me a favor. You know, all these things that I've, I've, I've seen, for instance, this um, video, you know, I can't mention their names. I can just talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I was in this girl who was abused. She's 19 now. And I was, she was abused by her uncle when she was 13. Wow. How he did that was, was always telling her, oh, you, you smell bad, you don't smell good, you know, it wasn't, yeah. you know, how smell, you know, why do you smell this way? I, I mean, that was a child who was still riding her bicycle around the, the estate, you mm-hmm. know, and then if your auntie smells this way, then how does, how does it, you know, the other places, how, how does the traffic pass smell and all of that? You know, right. and then he got her, yeah, and then, you know, he started with you, just trying to help her. Her parents had to get into jail. Nobody had, if I was the first person she took, she told. Yeah. He said, well, I'm just trying to help you. And then next day, he walked his way into her life by, you know, started having sex with her, started controlling her. And she grew up with that whole idea of, I'm not worthy, except this man has made me work. So anything he says, you know, goes. And she, he just, he brainwashed her, you know, and he, he took advantage of her. Right. She was really young and really messed up, but she couldn't have a relationship with anybody her age. She was always falling in love with the daddy types. You know, as a 19-year-old, that was was really a lot. I had to help her come out of that and make her see that you know, all of that was wrong. And you know, she was a double-edged sword in, in the sense that she, on one hand, she was abused. And on the other hand, her parents were always telling her. parents still thought she was a virgin. Well, we're telling her, uh, oh, this is wrong. And, you know, so it was, she was messed up by the time she came to me. Yeah. She has so many different, like, narratives from, like, older yeah. adults that she... As a child, that's like what you look for. When you're a child, you look up to these adults and, and you trust that what they say to you is um, a good reflection of yourself because you don't have the practice to do the own, your own um, self-reflection, especially at the age of 13. Yeah. And so, it, it, yeah, it's, it sounds like the reason why shaming guilt is, is so large with your clients is because there's never been, um, um, <clears throat> there's never been a, 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 a person or a community that's that's not going to like say i don't know if that's correct like no one's really questioning the adults yeah. is, is yeah. it you think that's yeah yeah in africa i don't know how it is in the community in america but it's really um, almost hypocritical yeah in africa you know you don't question the adults it's really um i i do not play in lagos and it's even though people say lagos is a kind of like um more like forward looking city and yeah in 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 some ways it is, but you know we, we still cannot question the elders. You know people will believe the elder before they believe the child, teenager. You know, and these things, you know, have a way of festering abuse. You know, all kinds of abuse really, and sexual abuse being right. And it happens to both young boys and young girls, but young girls, I think that it happens to them more. And then at the end of the day, they not come out and ask for help more. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that. that so those are two things that cause, you know, shame and guilt, and it really eats into the ability to basically be confident or whatever sexual confidence they have is based on some trauma bonds they have with their abusers or some, some really um, self-inflicted, you know, kids or pain. They just, they, it's usually messed up. Shame and guilt had the way of just eroding whatever sexual confidence the person has or twisting it and turning into something yeah. really tough. Wow. So 
And so you mentioned a few tools about how to combat that with just like sexual confidence. I know that story can apply to multiple different levels of confidence, but for this conversation, we'll talk about sexual confidence. Uh, and you talk about affirmations. Yeah. Uh, can you describe a little bit about like what affirmations are? Uh, and what if, you're, what if your clients are struggling to think of an affirmation because no one's really affirmed or them before or encouraged them before? Um, so what are some ways you've helped your clients? So um, I always tell them something. Affirmations are just um, positive words to tell yourself every day. Mm-hmm. You know, people try to make it seem like affirmations are a certain type of words you say at a certain time in the morning or in the afternoon or in the night. It's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. It's just positive words, words of love that you tell yourself every day. So Christians will say, oh, it's the words of, there are words of um, prophecy, you prophesy on, on yourself every day. That's when the affirmations are. So in, 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 by posting yourself, when you use affirmations to boost yourself, what you're really trying to say, they're saying words that make you feel sexy, that make you feel good. Mm. So I usually tell them, you, you don't have to put on my own words. You can, you can make up your own, whatever feels natural to you. So mm. really words like, um, I, feel, I feel beautiful, I feel sexy, men like me, women like me, people like you see that affects me, I attract some people that I want. People I want also want me, you know, things like that. You say that to yourself over and over again. You know, when I first set up affirmations, really, I used to, you know, think, what are some words, some magic words to say in the morning or in the night before you go to bed? And yeah, true. Those things, those things work. But right. the thing about affirmations is you, you have to continue to say them because what affirmations do is that they, they, they sort of, they help you change your beliefs about yourself. Right. The more exactly. you affirm them, yeah, the more you affirm them, the more you believe them. The more you believe them, the more you need to show up as what you believe. So if you say, I'm beautiful, I'm sexy, and you say it long enough, you know, you say it for a week, you know, you say this consistently for a week, and you realize that you know, you're actually starting to believe it. Right. And as you start to believe it, it starts to project out of you. So other people are seeing you believe, and so they believe it along with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, you're so now you have your community saying it back to you. Yes. You are less likely to attract people because most of the times people have um, bad experiences, bad sexual experiences. Because you know people can sense that you don't really have that confidence. You don't really you, you don't feel good about yourself, and they come and they take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. But once you're saying these affirmations and you're saying I'm beautiful, I'm sexy, I'm attractive, I feel good about myself, people like me, people are attracted to me. They begin to say these things, you start to believe them. And then, you know, the more you believe them, the more you project these things. And you, you find out that, first of all, you know, being sexually confident sort of eliminates a lot of, you know, the, the, the uh, cupboards you have in your head about, you know, sex and what is the part right. of you. Yeah, it kind of eliminates the ability to exploit because they're now more sexually confident. So you're now more open to exploring. You really should know what you wanted before, what you like. Mm-hmm. You're now more open to finding them out. You're more open to exploring them. But you believe in yourself, you believe you deserve that pleasure. You believe you deserve that enjoyment. You believe you deserve to experience somebody and have them experience you too. Yeah. But really, you're, it's that feeling good about yourself. You're operating from like the space of abundance, I feel like, yes. instead of a space of scarcity, which is, I feel like, what where we were before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. Uh, okay. All right. So this third question I wanted to ask was another tool you spoke of, and it was about um, wearing clothes and colors that insinuate your natural assets. And if you look over Dinma's like Instagram platform, 
she she knows exactly what she's talking about when it comes to colors and clothing because it's beautiful. <laughs> now, yeah, of course. Um, I I don't know how it is in Nigeria, but I know the men here in the United States. Um, and I also grew up Caribbean, um, like British Guyanese, and so I know the men in both of those cultures don't think much about their natural assets, um, and they don't think much about colors and, and clothing and how that plays into their sexual confidence. You know, when they think about their sexual confidence men, they think about their body, you know, and like how I look naked and, and, and or or how I look um, at the gym. It, it's like, it, it's my muscles that tell you, tell you that I'm sexy. They don't think much about the, the clothing and the coloring. Um, and so how would you kind of guide men to use the clothing coloring that you talked about to um, insinuate their natural assets? Okay, so um, see, there are some clothes that you wear. Um, you know, in, in Nigeria, we say um, you're addressed how you're dressed. So that, mm. yeah, that's I love that. that makes you come across as, you know, once you wear those clothes, people have an impression of you. Even, you know, no matter how good looking you are, you, know, you just have an impression. So, mm-hmm. like, here in Nigeria, for instance, if you wear senator captains, Google what that looks like. I see a man and you wear, Senator Captains and you wear a nest of shoes and you wear a nest of things um, and whatever other jewelry that you add to me. You come up as really um, luxurious, mature. Right. Yeah, you come up as knowing, you know what you're saying, you know what you mean. Especially when you mm-hmm. wear that out and you carry yourself confidence. Already you're, you're giving the impression, yeah, I'm capable. You know, I'm, I'm that guy, I'm, I'm that guy, I'm capable, I'm, I'm here, I'm present, you know, I, I can do things. You can trust me. I'm mature. Wow. Yeah. So Anything but a trust. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. You're coming off, you know, as somebody here in Nigeria, women sort of like men and that because, you know, what that means is hey, if I trust you, if I know you, you're dependable. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by, by the right type of food. And, you know, sometimes, it, 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 you know, courage also comes into play because you might, well, that clothing and because you're not carrying yourself properly, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to come up as attractive. That's why I say men have to know what features they have, you know, that make them stand out. Right. So, for instance, you know, uh, women like men with broad shoulders, you know, start mm-hmm. tall, you know, so your shoulders back. Yeah, none of that. Yeah. And women also notice men's spots, no jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. We, yeah, we notice men's spots a lot. No jokes. We might not say it, but yeah, yeah. we're looking at, we're looking at your haircut, we're looking at your beard, we're looking at your shoulders, we're looking at your arms, you know, we're looking yeah. at your bites, we're looking at your watch, we're looking at yeah. your shoes. Really? So, wear clothes that are subtle, you know, show these aspects without, you know, um, you know, depending on it, your straight or it's okay, so you wear clothes that show these aspects of, you know, um, um, the physical attributes. Then, I mean, you're going to have more points with ladies than just put on anything because you need shirt and well Yeah, yeah I feel that. That's what I need. Yeah, I love that. So <laughs> it's funny, the next tool you mentioned in this is admitting your sexual fantasies. Um, and I know like that can have a lot of like um, hesitations in relationships, especially if there's a lot of shame and guilt about your sexual fantasies, which we talked about earlier um 
So how important do you find it to be to share your sexual fantasies with your partners? Um, and does it like negative affect your, your sexual confidence if you don't? You see, this is why I always say, you know, go where you are treated, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, go be with people who are like you or who are treated people like you. Because if you are in a relationship and you cannot talk about things that really interest you, you cannot talk about your sexual fantasies, even if you're not necessarily, necessarily going to try them out, but you need to be able to at least talk about your sexual fantasies. If you can't talk about them, then obviously there's a political issue in that relationship. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love about my relationship with my husband is, is that we're always talking, we're always communicating. You know, and our fantasies can change. We may all may not try them out. But the thing is, we talk about them. Mm-hmm. And that's very important because if you don't, isn't, I mean, you don't have to talk about your sexual fantasies so much as maybe your sexual preferences, you know, what you like, you like to kiss on your neck, you like, you like, you like for your foot to be you know, touched, you like to help you, you, how do you like to receive head, you like to receive, you know, do you like to deep head, you know, mm-hmm. all these little things like, if you don't talk about them, how are you going to enjoy the sexual experience with your partner? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there that would just feel kind of like, oh, is my partner going to judge me too much if I say I like my ass to be eaten? You know? I mean, it is risky. But mm-hmm. if, if, if they judge you, then probably in the wrong place. Yeah. If they judge you about this one thing, what else are they going to judge you on? Yeah. The judge you're probably you know, because we, we tend to overthink things and you know, mm-hmm. sometimes we want something to work so bad that we, we ignore the fact that it's not working. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the yeah. day, relationship is supposed to be hard. I suppose mm. two people who have a lot of things in common, you know, who respect each other, who appreciate each other, who are who feel safe enough to talk to each other, whose bacteria are so similar that they are attracted to each other in exactly, you know. We, you kiss them, you like the way they, it tastes, you like the way you, uh, they feel when you're in their arms or when they're in your hands, all of that. Like, if, if, if you can't really be yourself and express yourself to someone, then they're not in a relationship. That's so working. Right. It's better, yeah, let's go. I, I always tell my plan, don't waste your time where you're not needed. If you cannot talk to the mm. person, that's how you feel. Don't meet a dead horse. Yeah. But, after you've said what you've said, and maybe they react to that way that first time, and then you go back and they think about it, and then they come back to you and say, okay, I mean, this isn't so bad. I can, I can work with this. You can work with this. Thing. What else do you need to tell me? That means I'm willing to, to, to give you the time. I'm willing to come with people. Right. If I told them, you know, they feel some type of way, I know, I mean, it's difficult, but it's always wise to not dwell on that, not dwell on that relationship. There's so many people involved. Right. You know? That's my thoughts. And well, I'm glad to know other people, know other people, a child. You know, then again, you can't go talking about your sexual fantasies just anybody. So this is right. why determined conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Where determined and actually so to to an extent that both this person be eating something, but this person actually also has like similar sexual fantasies, right? But or they're willing to try your sexual fantasies with you. For instance, the first time I heard about me was with the guy. I, I never expected but he wants that like he likes to be real he enjoyed the lines yeah a masculine heterosexual gene sports guy and 
he enjoyed it. He's not right. gay. Right. He enjoyed it. Right. And I thought, well, like, well, not really. But then I was like, okay. And then I tried it. I really loved it. Like, in fact, I told tell me that. Mm-hmm. We can explore that with him. Yeah. So, the, the point is, talk about sexual practice is somebody you know can accommodate them because you've already you've spoken to them you can see that there are signs that they will understand or they have similar sexual practices but right. it's always always smart to talk about it because if you don't talk about it how are you going to enjoy the experience right yeah, yeah. i feel like you're kind of like holding back who you are too um you're, you're hiding parts and your partner wants to get to know all of you so this is part of all of you yeah. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So, lastly, on this article about um, how to boost your sexual confidence, um, we're going to talk about pleasure points and sexual preferences, which we we kind of already discussed about. Uh, but my question to you about that is: Do you find there to be like a cultural or societal barrier that keeps men or women from exploring these areas? If so, how do you help your clients overcome them? Specifically about like barriers for men and yeah, barriers for women. Okay. Um, I found that it's not so much social or cultural as you know. Well, yeah, it, it, I mean, it could be social, but it's more like like cultural. A lot of the hangups have is you know, from family. You know, your parents saying, "Oh, this long don't do this, or you have to do this, and all of that is um, if you do this, you get pregnant." You know, and then you know, yeah, just um, social in the sense that people already have paid of STDs and, and and such, and then the stigma of you know, somebody kissing and telling and all of that. So really, uh, yeah. So how how I how I help my clients is I tell them you're only bound by what you believe. Yeah. Love that. I'm not bound by what you believe, right? There's so many times growing up when you know, my parents would like me to do things a certain type of way. My father would have preferred I, I got into criminal law for instance, you know, and went on TV and made it of course and you know talked about this and that and exposed the government here and talked about things. but that wasn't what I wanted to do. And he we, we argued and fought and you know there was a back and forth I just I didn't want to do that. This is what mm-hmm. I want to do. I stood my ground. And I'm yeah. doing what I want to do. Yeah. So the thing you're only bound by what you believe. Mm-hmm. By what you choose to believe. you're only affected by what you are now to affect you. So at the end of the day when you really evaluate you know, who you really are and, and where you are in this world, where you want, how you want to see you, how you want to come up, what definition you to have, what type of free, what may you. I mean, I talk about you to have studies of the truth and not be bound by what other people expect. So at the end of the day, cultural, societal, religious, you just have a little bearing to your life, how you want to live it. And I always tell my clients, first of all, you, should, you have to stop caring about what other people think. Yeah. And you, you might think, just specifically to guys and girls. Yeah, I mean, um, to an extent, you know, um, girls, there's always a growth thing of, boy, if I have sex with him, we'll tell his friends, you know, kiss and tell how right. he, you know, like these rumors have a way of just going around. No, if you want to have sex with somebody, have sex with somebody because you want to have sex with them. Right. You don't care about what people will say. What people do is more about them than it is about you. Right. Yeah. And then, the guys who have who want to have sex for all, oh, you know, I want my guys to see me as you know, um, that guy. The guy that pulls all the girls. Uh, you know, yeah. I told them how, how how important it is. Really, is it really for for you to you know 
because your guy, you ended up hurting somebody. Imagine if the reverse was not true, how would you feel? Right. So, mm. you know, I, I, I simply tell them, you're only born by, by, by what you know, it's what we found, but nobody can affect you unless you allow them to affect you. Right. I know that I'm, I'm talking about something from a simple um, point of view, but really, it, it is simple. Because after I went through, like, series of back-to-back fraud and pain, I realized I was letting this affect me. Mm. I was letting people's opinions affect me. So someone mm. said to step to me, and then it's been about telling people, well, okay, you step to me. I enjoyed it. If you want to go and talk to people, what you want to tell them, that's, it says more about you, you know, than it says about me. But what you're telling other girls, they did it with you, they're going to do it to you. In the wrong run, they're going to avoid you. Right. Mm. So, like, you know, I, I, I have to learn, you know, not to, not to allow other people to bother me, to go for what I want, knowing why I want it, you know, not allow opinions affect me. And having seen that, you know, once you stop worrying about what people think about you, you attain you attain a level of freedom that wants to just be you. Just be you. And that, yeah. Yeah. You can remove a lot of that really, that negative cloud around you and you can just decide who you are, um, what you like, why you like it, and just just keep going with that. So yeah. I, I try to use down and surprise for for my clients and you know, when they when they tell me, Oh, I had bad experience and we did this work, she did this and I'm like, Okay, outside of what they did to you, who really are you? Yeah. Hi, you guys. Just wanted to step in real quick and talk about ways that you can support We Love Freely. As you are listening, if you like the content, please don't forget to follow and rate the show. It would really help to get the awareness of these free resources out there in the world. Additionally, if you're looking for more of a classroom-like resource, check out our website, We Love Freely, to purchase e-courses covering topics like struggling with jealousy to I want to spice up my sex life a little bit. You can find these e-courses and prices on welovefreely.com. That's W-E-L-U-V-F-R-E-E-L-Y.com. Thanks. Now back to the show. Outside of that, just you. Yeah. Who are you? And are you going to let this continue to define you? Because Mm -hmm. the more you let it define you, the more it defines you, the more people say, oh, that's the girl that was grateful. That's the guy that's, that, you know, that great towel. That's the guy that said what he said. Or that's the guy that said that. You know, at the end of the day, it is you. It all boils down to you. Right. And what you're willing to accept. Mm, that's right. So that's, that's the foundation for which I help with. And that all cases are different. But mm. I, I help them build on the particular parts of their case. And I try to, most of these things, like I always say, many of the problems that people have, most people have from childhood or teenagers, or, mm. and, and I, I, I try to, it's not always easy, you know, but yeah. people don't even know they have many of the problems that they have. People don't even know they might feel like they're normal, but you know, they're, every day they're responding from a place of trauma. Right. Or you know, they're being because something happened to them and they're allowing themselves to be defined by that. So I always tell them, first of all, you don't have to allow anything to affect you unless you want it to affect you. And that's exactly. the original. I love that. So, <clears throat> Uh, for the folks listening, we're going to move on to the next um, article, The 10 Signs You're in a Relationship by Yourself. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and pull that up. Um, so we're just going to, we're just going to run through them uh, and then maybe kind of speak a little bit about each one if you want. Um, but this article uh, Dima created is like 10 Signs You're in a Relationship with Yourself. And this is the 
kind of scenario, which maybe you guys have been in, um, where you're feeling alone in your relationship. Like you're in a relationship, you're dating them, but you just feel like you're just not in being realized uh, for your needs and your desires and, and your wants. And, um, and some people just like don't notice that they're in a situation. And so here are some 10 signs that you are in a situation. Um, the first one is like you feel lonely. Even when you're in the same house or, or bed with them because it feels like they're not really present. Yeah. Um, the second one is if you don't initiate contact, um, you won't speak to them at all all day. And even when you call, you have to carry the conversation. And that plays a lot into, I think we speaked on this earlier about like, um, you said um, to be needed, only go where you're needed. Yeah. And I feel like that that plays a lot into like the last part you have to carry the conversation. I feel like we're, we're always like kind of placing ourselves in situations where we would much rather t- take control about what everything needs to be done without having a partner that wants to also take care of you. Um, yeah. And I, f- I feel like that may be like, that kind of plays into that if you don't initiate the contact. Um, yeah. And the third one is uh, you have to, Constantly beg for the bare minimum. Communication, respect, quality time. You can't rely on them when you need them. Um, which I'm seeing now the common theme about this whole needing uh, thing. Uh, and then you have to be- beg for the, constantly beg for the bare minimum in a relationship. So like communication and respect. Or um, you're usually on your own in public because you don't want to be seen with you. Intended functions with you is a no for them. Never mind about posting on social media. That one's interesting because what do you say to folks who say, I want to keep my relationship private? Yeah, I mean, keeping, keeping your relationship private is different from um, keeping your relationship a secret. Mm, how so? Yeah, because, for instance, we love on the name, we don't use social media. But mm-hmm. it's not a secret. Mm-hmm. I always tell people I'm married. And I always tell people who I'm married to. It's not mm-hmm. a secret. I'm not hiding his identity. I'm not, we're not hiding each other. We're not ashamed to say we're married to each other. We just, we're private. It's, it's a decision we made. And we, we made it like up until recently. So now we're ready to be on social media. We start to make like, we're ready to make, um, to open a TikTok account where we'll make videos of our lives and uh, such like that. You know, that's our decision. But that's like, previously we were private. You know, rather than being stupid, like our families know about us, our friends know about us, our colleagues know about us. And like when he comes to pick me up from work and, and you know, he comes into the office and my police know that's, that's my husband and I go to his work, but it's really cool. that's his wife, you know, that's, you do see the difference, private yeah. versus secret. Yeah. Private is a, is a choice that both of them have made, made the choice if they decided that we're going to keep this relationship private, you know, so that. Fine eyes, fine opinions, all come into play. Rather than, oh, nobody even knows our dating in the first place. Mm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> the next one is, uh, the only, they only show up or are friendly when they want something from you. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a transaction. You know? Where's the romance in that one? That's the thing. People don't even realize. I mean, when I say people, like, I've been, I've been in, I've been in the shoes before, right? Mm-hmm. Where it was just one-sided. You did only call at night. I couldn't, I couldn't, I could never reach him during the day. You know, he only 
she would only come when he needed something and he come to my house. He never he would never call when he was coming, he would just just show up. And then the you know, his eyes always passing around, they are sticking, you know, like whole table and um that said tomorrow is thinking like sorry when I have that like, for downstairs when I'm going to you know have guests and, and the sun is out and we walk what sit outside it just will come you take that like he will just come and just take whatever he wants and he ask for money knowing that I, I was desperate enough to give it to him. Right. But when I really you know I couldn't call him on the phone and say oh I need this help me get this or or um, I feel lonely or I feel scared to come over I I could never rely on him to call but whenever he wanted to just sure and take what's wanted and ask for what's wanted. You know, he was he was clearly not as invested as I was. And, right. and that's how we first started. You know, I mean, it first started as he clearly said he wanted to marry me. You know, he came with, he was so serious and all of that. And then next thing he generated to the point where I was the only one in that relationship. I was, that in, I was in that relationship by myself. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's crazy. Uh, and the next point is like, it's never really safe to talk to them. They have yeah. problems with honest conversations or even answering simple uh, simple questions. Yeah. They gaslight, complain, or evade your questions outrightly. It's never really safe to talk to them. Yeah, I, that's. I feel like those things you just mentioned are really hard to notice. Very hard to notice. How, how do you, how do you help with noticing it? Well. I, I was able to notice them, but not only not only am I an empath, but you know it happened to me um, more than more than twice, really. Yeah. And I, I was dating so um, while I was like, while while I was asking this erotica, I was talking to this guy who we used to talk like ten hours in a day, literally all day. We were well, video call, which chatting. He was doing mm-hmm. lockdown, talking and talking and talking. It was nice for a whole month, but. The communication was nice, and then all of a sudden, everything stopped. Mm. It wasn't, it wasn't talking. I couldn't, we couldn't talk to each other. And we wasn't talking to each other. And even when I thought we were talking, you know, he wasn't saying so many things. For instance, it turns out that he was a popular pastor, mm. and I did not. He didn't tell me that. In fact, I found that out on my own, you know. And then, I mean, if you want to even tell me who you really are and what you do. Then what have you been doing? Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I noticed that, you know, I couldn't really, like, I would be the one talking and then he would just, you know, nod and just, you know, give um, um, half-hearted answers, you know, like when somebody just didn't pay attention, but he wasn't really there and he wasn't really telling me anything. So I, I couldn't really, I realized that I couldn't really feel safe enough to talk to him about how I really felt. And even when I, it was because when, when I confronted him about the my accent, okay, why are you not available like you used to be? You know, when I call, you don't pick, you don't pick red calls. When I confront you guys, like, you know, say I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm taking things out of context. I'm taking things personally. Yeah. You know, you know all of, so all of those things created a space where I no, I no longer felt safe to talk to him about anything anymore. Wow. And, and that, that feeling of safety, I, I'm trying like in, like empathically listen to you right now, and when you speak all of that, like it's in my gut. I feel that, like something is not right here in my gut. I don't really, I can't name it exactly, um, but I'm thinking like kind of listening to your gut could be a good way to see, like, oh, maybe I am kind of alone in this. Yeah, definitely listening to your gut is a good way. Yeah, but like 
I'm, I'm talking about like science, like one moment they are there. Because I mean, they, they don't always have this attitude in the beginning. They just, they just, you know, one moment they're there and they're, they're interested and you guys are communicating or it seems that way. And then next moment, they're not really having it anymore. You yeah. don't communicate, ask them questions and they don't answer you like, oh, what have you been up to all day? Just stop. Just stop. Yeah. And but I feel like... like I just feel like a lot of people think that's just a natural uh, occurrence in a relationship. People just think like, oh, it's the honeymoon phase is over, so they're obviously not no. going to listen to me anymore. No, 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 no. You know? Why? Oh my goodness, no. If your partner doesn't listen to you, I mean, yeah, that's sometimes in a relationship when you get bored. Right. You get bored, right? Yeah. But I mean, not to the point where, because I mean, it's not every time that I'm talking to my husband, because... Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it feels like, oh, he talks a lot. But I'm obligated to listen to him. And he's pay attention to him when he's talking because he needs me to pay attention to him at that point. Because when he's, when I'm talking to him and I need him, I, even when he's not interested in what I'm saying, but he knows that, that I, he needs to pay attention to me at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, but together, so he's like, you know, we, we owe each other that, that duty to, to care, to try. So yeah. This has nothing to do with the honeymoon phase of relationship, you know. I mean, yeah, the, the magic kind of fades away, you know, in that sense. But then there's now the responsibility of it. There's now the reality of it. I truly care about this person. Do I get bored sometimes? Yes. But this person annoys me sometimes. Yes. But do I want to stay? Yes. Am I going to try make do the things and make effort to, to stay and be present in this relationship? Yes. Yes. That's what I mean. Yeah. So if you know, relationship with somebody, then you have to know that oh, I can, I can, I can. Maybe I'm, I'm working on my system and he's working on his laptop. And then I can say, oh, babe, um, this happened with that day, and this happened with that day. And he's like, yeah, he lives work sometimes, and he's paying attention to me. And, you know, even if, even if he's busy, you know, he's also paying attention to me. But times when he wants to talk, you know, and I'm busy, I'm working, I, I can still get yeah, attention to him too. That's how it right. is. Really, so that you are there for them. Because right. the reason why they talk to you about that thing at that time, if, if you keep blowing them up, they're not going to feel safe to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, Alvin is my best friend. Right. Literally, my best friend is the one person I can talk to other than my sisters all day. And we can just we talk and talk and talk. And then sometimes when we're, done, we're tired of talking or there's nothing to talk about, we're comfortable in our silence. Right. Like, wow. don't yeah. be thing. I'm a comfortable in that silence. There's no awkwardness. Mm. And I mean, I always say it, it doesn't have to be hard at all. If you don't feel safe enough to talk to this person, then that person is they're not for you. Because they don't feel safe with you. Sometimes it's them projecting their own their natural, their own feelings. It's not, I mean, it's not natural, but their own feelings of inadequacy, their own feelings of safety. What, what are they hiding? Yeah. Like, I found that like, this person was actually hiding a lot of things. For instance, he had more of a checker class than I did. He, he, he had a child, another woman, he wasn't telling me. So it felt like, you know, I had this ability to draw things out of him, you know, without trying, you know, I would tell him. Know, this is how my day was, and my day was this, and my day was that. How was your day? Right. And because I'm coming in, like, I want to get to know you, I want to know how your day was, and you, how can I help you, how can I ease the stress, and all of that. And he sees that if he lets his guard down, he'll tell me things that he's not comfortable telling me yet. And, mm-hmm. and again, so the way people react is really based on them, not necessarily on you. Yeah. So maybe it's not like, like maybe he wasn't trying to tell me, you know, he had a child somewhere. He, he felt like if, if he let his guard down and some of things are leaving. Uh, yeah, I know that oh. there are risks that. Well, it was more like, why didn't you tell me? Right. 
Yeah. I've been waiting for if you have told me rather than me having to find out or, you know, and then, and then maybe she, there was one day he called me when, when, because the thing you say, he would not, he stopped calling. In fact, sometimes we, we, most people, weeks or even months, one time we had, we had, we had a single conversation for six months. Right. And he calls me out of the room and he's saying, oh, he's, he's, meanwhile, I knew he has a child. And he's right. saying, oh, there's a friend of mine, you know, who, who wants to get married, but his, his fiance doesn't know that he has a child somewhere. I knew the other sort of friend, I knew it was him. Yeah, I wanted to know if he was basically what I knew it was too late to tell me that he had a child. It oh. wasn't. No, but I was like, you know, he should have told. I told him, you know, that's near. He told me. I said, yeah, and should have told her in the beginning, right? Because he was buying her. Him telling her now, I see that as a deal breaker. Why didn't you tell me before? You know, yeah, before? yeah. Like, what are you hiding? What are you so afraid of? Yeah, and now you're worried about what other things you might be hiding. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I feel that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. Just to be honest from the get-go. Um, <clears throat> there are three more signs on this, but for the second time, I'm going to go ahead and move forward to the next article. Um, but you guys check out this resource called 10 Signs You're in a Relationship by Yourself. I think a lot of people, if you're not in this scenario, you may know somebody in these scenarios. So like, um, read it, read this over in, with, in mind of like your friends and family and you see them because they may not be able to know the signs for themselves, but for you who's in a loving relationship, you can do that help for them, um, for sure. And so, um, in this next topic, uh, you, you did an article about the divine feminine energy. I don't think a lot of yeah. people know exactly what that is. Uh, so I kind of want to start off with like providing some definitions because I love personal definitions. So you tell me, uh, how do you define what the divine is, what fe- what's feminine is, and uh, how do you see energy? I feel like everybody kind of looks at it differently. Okay, so so divine, when when, when you think about divine, you think it's something is divine. Um, so there's the, there are two components. So there's the component of, oh, the person is God-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's another one where they say, oh, the person is like delicious. When, when someone... Take a piece of pizza after being one grand test to your girl, and they both besides or you know, um, um, you know, when we say divine in terms of you know, God, they were all gold and goddesses in our own rights. Well, we all, we all have this creative energy, we all have this creative will within us, you know, to, to that's where the whole manifestation, visualizing, you know, affirmation comes into play. So, divine feminine energy really is just that. That goddess, we're all goddesses within ourselves. You know, we all have that goddess energy. We all have those goddess attributes. And, you know, feminine really just means, you know, you are, you are, you are a woman and you embody all the characteristics that makes you a woman. And then energy is just the vibration that you, that you exude out, what people feel from you, mm-hmm. when they talk to you, how do you come across to them? You know, are you soft? Are you creative? Are you harsh? Are you nice? Do they come after that speech? You know, how how they give it better? Do they feel better? Do worse? So divine feminine energy really is just that feminine energy where you know the woman is has become very confident in herself. Well, you know, she, she's she's firm yet gentle. She's she's smart, but she's not, you know, she's not in your face with it. Um um she has a way of meaning putting her foot down and and Firmly saying what she wants and how she wants, but she's not, you know, aggressive about it. She's not like you know, passive aggression in the sense that, you know, you come to her, you say, 
I want this dollar to say no, what about this way? And she doesn't have to scream or shout. She just embodies who she is. Mm. She's she's soft, she's she's feminine, she's womanly, she's pretty, she's intuitive, and she just embodies that rather than trying to be what she's not, rather than trying to be, you know, um 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 active and you know, logical and aggressive yeah. and all of that. Those are those are divine masculine attributes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's divine feminine energy. Yeah, and divine energy is soft, creative, intuitive. You know, uh, passive, but yeah. you know, um, um, um soft but firm. Mm-hmm. Those are the aspects of divine feminine energy. Yeah, and so for this last last section of the podcast, we're gonna go over this article that uh, Dima created for divine feminine energy, and she talks about different attributes that she just mentioned. Um, so we're just going to hop into a few of those. Um, yeah. So the first one uh, we talked about for the attributes that ascribe to divine feminine energy is creativity, right? And um, my question to you is, is this creativity something that we can obtain outside of ourselves, or is this always something that comes from within? Okay, so I mean, uh, naturally, the who are more creative than others that who will learn creativity from others. Mm. But there's something about womanhood, you know, uh, naturally, when, when, you know, you give us a, give us a, a flat or a house and it's empty and you know, just come in and we'll be like, oh, I have an idea. I have this nice table that stayed here. I saw this nice uh, chest that will be here. You know, I saw this nice um, um, uh, cabinet and this curtain and all of that. You know, she's already visualizing what to put here, what to add there, what to make the wall. Mm. That's just how we are naturally. Yeah. So women tend to take something and then make it better. Make yeah. Make it different. So yeah. simple, but like more um, obvious example is, you know, we 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 can take a house and turn it into a home, or when we get pregnant, we can we can, we can give birth to kids and then nurture them and, and and grow them. You know, we just have a way of making our, our environment like if you're in a place where the woman who embodies her feminine energy. When when we enter her home, you can tell that a woman is in this home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had that kind of experience. I have. Yes, one hundred percent. Once you enter a home. That of, of a woman who has embodied who she is, you can feel her energy in that home. Mm-hmm. By the way, the the, the of the house, the, the decor of the house, you know, just the smell, the, the overall, just general energy of that place. It's mm-hmm. so it's women are naturally, you know, they just have this way of doing things differently, doing things in in such a way that you know a woman is here, or mm-hmm. a woman did this. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, there's definitely a, a signature energy yeah. feel to it that's different. Because I know, like, personally for myself, like, um, I lived in a household with my stepdad and my mother. And I remember when my mother divorced my stepdad, the house just felt different because my mother was now the, the head of the household. Um, and so she just had more more say into how to organize and um, what kind of space it's not even only physical things. It's just what kind of space do I want to curate here? Like the kind of people that was coming through the house um, was different than whenever um, my stepfather was there. So it's not only the physical, it's um, the people as well. Yeah. Women are are naturally 
um, intuitive. And the thing about the divine feminine is because she, she's no longer in that, like, I like seeing myself as more of a feminine woman rather than a feminist. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, when I was, you know, with more in my masculine energy, I would scream, I talk about my voice, I'm a feminist, and, you know, I, I hope feminism and all of that. And while that is true, I'm evolved into more like an equitist. And the woman who has now embodied my feminine energy, the way that it doesn't take anything away from me, it's like it acts to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it acts to me. I mean, I feel like we've, we've, we've come to a point where, okay, um, women now have more more options, more opportunities, we're now able to work and all of that. You know, what I personally agree with about, you know, feminism is sort of has more changing, and that's what I put as more changing, man-hating, rather than this fight for equality. And I honestly don't believe men and women are equal. I'd rather say men and women are different. Yeah. We have our strengths. Yeah. We have our abilities. So if you bring your strengths and your abilities and and I bring measures and I bring so come together, we make magic. But if one, I'm trying to say one, I'm just like you, I think the same things that you can do. Then what really are we, are we doing? We're not creating any magic. There's nothing interesting about our, you know, there's nothing, nothing about our work like me. If you see all the two men who are feminine in nature, they are very, very intuitive. Mm. Feminine can look at somebody and, and, and just have, have a feeling about them. Yeah. And you see that. that yeah, that was speaking. It's usually right. And you were, and that's a great segue into the second attribute, intuitive. Um, and, that, and that's kind of what you're speaking of. And you, you speak about it in many different ways, but one of the ways you speak about it in the article is through, through um, dreams. Um, yeah. And um, how speaking, cause dreams can speak into what's happening in, in a woman's um, environment. Uh, do you have an example personally where your dreams were kind of speaking to you about? what was happening in your surroundings and in your environment? Okay, so um when I was while the drama of the concert was happening because I spoke about earlier, while yeah. drama was going on because you know he, he seemed perfect on paper and seemed like you know he was he was you know, older, you know, successful gentleman, you know, well respected and you know when we had a conversation we seemed to click. So everything was you know everything seemed nice on paper. But every time I talk to God about it, and you know, I literally hear no. Mm. And I was like, what? he's not about just telling me what I'm saying, but there's nothing wrong with like, Why won't I be with him? And even though I was seeing all those signs, I wasn't paying attention to One night I was frustrated and I prayed about it. I was like, God, tonight you're going to show me what exactly it is I need to know about this and why you won't let me meet him. Mm-hmm. And that, I dreamt. Yeah. I can't go into the details of the thing now, but. I dreamt that he, he was, even though he seemed he's a pastor, but he's like mutually compromised. Mm. And would not be compatible. Yeah. And I was nothing why he would not be compatible. He was immature, even though he seemed immature. He was petty, even though he didn't seem like he was petty, and he was hiding a lot of secrets. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I, I saw all those things in that dream. I I literally went to where he was in in there. Right. I don't seem to turn away, but like I in that dream I went to like I saw him and I went to where he was like spiritually and I saw yes. him for what he really was. And it, it wasn't it wasn't wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was not wonderful. Yeah. And I really that, that was that was the example. That was really what I needed. 
And most people, I always say, it, it, dreams are very telling about, about where we are in our lives. And if you do not remember what you dream about, then you might not really know um, where you are in your life. Things that are affecting you. If you're worried about something, or if you know, if you're scared about something, or you're feeling vulnerable about something, or if things are going well, you would know from, from what you dream about. Like, you dream about. for instance, whenever I feel, whenever I, I dream that I'm, I'm back in, in school and I'm going to pass some exams, I know that, okay, I'm, I'm, I don't, like, just telling me I'm not doing well as well as I'm supposed to do. I'm slacking in something that I'm supposed to, you know, not slacking. I need to, I need to up my game. I need to do better. Yeah. You know, yeah, I need to do better. And then what, what, when I have dreams that I'm, I'm naked, Mm. It means that I'm vulnerable about something. Mm. Yeah. And are you? Yeah. Sorry? And are you? Like, do you see it to be like to, to be true? Like after you have that dream, oh, yes. you have like you see um it being supported in real life? Yes. <clears throat> and and there was there was time you know, I was seeing somebody and I kept having dreams where you know I'll see and I'll be naked and I'll be I'll be ashamed. I I just I started to realize that I was vulnerable about the relationship. Why was I vulnerable? Because I knew that it wasn't going to work and I was trying to force it to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't going to work next day and I was, I was trying to force it. Like, it didn't feel, you know, like he liked me, but it, it wasn't that into me. And I was, mm-hmm. doing, I was doing so much for him to see that. It was, I was trying to be a pick me girl. I was doing so much for him to see that I was worthy of that, of his attention. And that vulnerability was, was showing up in ways in my dreams that, they do. They're showing me that what you're doing is not very healthy. It's still working. Yeah. Mm. And so, in your third attribute, you kind of you talk about warrior energy, right? Um, which is, oh, I guess this podcast is going to come out much later. This is around the time when Viola Davis came out with that movie, um, Warrior King, with all those those women that are fighting as warriors, which I thought was amazing. I haven't seen the movie yet, but. Uh, when you speak about that type of energy, it sounds destructive in the article. Like the woman can be destructive, uh, can be a destructive force to her warrior energy. But what are some ways that that warrior energy can be constructive? Okay, so um, basically, in our everyday life, when we get up, go to work, we try to, to make that money, we where, where, what tries to be, you know, relevant at work, meaning just getting up every day, showing up for your kids, showing up at work, doing the things that matter to you, you know, especially when you're in a world where challenging you are blessing, you know, what are you even doing? Is this right thing to do? You know, every day, getting up and just being true to yourself is mm-hmm. a lot more Yeah. That's not about just being conscious of doing things that make you happy, doing things that, you know, um, represent who you really are. Yeah. Mm. And every day we do that even without realizing. But some people do it intentionally. And so you, you wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to have a day. Today I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. At that meeting, I'm not going to be shy. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this this way. You know, yeah. I'm going to talk about things. I'm going to talk about my husband. I'm going to talk about my family. Or even if you talk, I'm going to talk about myself. Even if you just start with, okay, today I'm just going to be happy. I'm just going to try and be calm. Right. You know, what shows up in you know, in those ways. But there are some times when a woman knows the power that she has on her family, 
on her environment, on, on her husband. The, the thing is, women are very, very, we're very influential. Mm. And we're very influential in a very subtle way. And it's like, what like water, you know, over time, you see the power of water. Water can be very healing, it can cleanse you, but it can also be very destructive. Yeah. Mm. That's how women That's are. How you see it. So, you know, if you, if you see um, women who, you already know the kind of influence they have on their husbands or, in their, or on their kids or by virtue of their authority, they have influence on people who work for them or work with them. And based on that influence, they do things that are just not fair. Right. You know, that's how it can be very destructive and very manipulative and mm. very dangerous in the long run. It just had a lot of working things that, and it's like, if, if there's a bad woman in the house, you know, everything is just bad. A bad woman in the house is worse than a bad man in the house. Yeah. Because a bad woman, when women are bad, we can get really, really bad. Yeah. That's, that's what people don't understand. When women get bad, they get very, very bad. Because women can be manipulated in ways that you can, because of our, our ability to create, because of our ability to, to do 10 things at the same time, you can be controlling 10 different kinds of scenarios and you think we're just on one or two. But meanwhile, mm. we're here, we're there, we're really, we're pushing. <laughs> you no, know, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when, I mean, I never, I never pray for anybody to fall into the trap of a battleman. It's terrible. Yeah. Wow. Rich and poor, she will push, she will do everything. And the thing is, you, unless you are discerning, you would know what she's doing. Yeah. That sounds very destructive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's what I mean by yeah. that destructive world energy. It can be really, it can be really bad. Yeah. Right? So when, but there was a time my friend would me to to rock patches and my, and my mother was always angry. Mm. And she felt like my father wasn't listening to her. And then she, she felt like the only way to do things was to be manipulated. She's not a bad woman, but she was angry. She needed to be prepared. She says, okay, so you're not listening to my words. You're going to have to listen to my actions. Yeah. And so she was, you know, manipulating. And, and at the end of the day, even though she finally got him to listen to her, but, you know, it, some damage was already done. Mm. Yeah. This is a woman who was not doing it from the point of, oh, you got to listen to me. But she wasn't doing it from that divine feminine energy type of way. She was just doing it from, you know, she was only from a, a, a hot energy, from, from that hot feminine energy, and she was just lashing off, and that's kind of very destructive. Yeah. I always tell women, even when you want to get something done, you have to calm down. First of all, yeah. calm down. And then do it from a place of feminism, of, 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 um, of, of feminine. Like, give me a place of, I'm going to calm down, and I'm going to do this thing, and I mean, I'm not going to react in a way that I will get, for instance, if your man, Right, like a wife cheating, mm. and you're screaming and shouting, and well, I hate you. You're so annoying. I'm gonna leave you. You know, he's just gonna be like, yeah, that's my reaction that you know he expects from you. Yeah. But if you find out that he's cheating, and you go to him and this is what I saw, this is what I saw. Somebody saw you at ten o'clock on so and so day, so and so and so and so. You would need this and that. Why? And you're not, and you're simply asking for reasons why he did it. He's likely to be afraid. Of course. Likely to know, okay, I really messed up. Rather than if you go, God is blazing, you're screaming, you're shouting, you're breaking his, his car, you're breaking this, and you're spoiling that. You're just going to not because he can tell that, okay, there's no substance here, you're just angry. Right. But he's so angry, you can't even hear the message. Yeah. But if you're you know what, 
um, um, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do, and this is why I'm doing it. And you stick to it. You're not angry. You're just, you're, rather, you're not, you're not, um, you're not destructive in the way you're coming about it. There's going to be more afraid. Yes. And that's, yeah. and that's the right feminine energy play. I don't know, am I explaining this? Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. Because I think, I think when, when you come um, from that, that, that large destructive energy that women ha- are capable of, it's so overwhelming that you, as, the, as, a, as a person who's listening to you, they're more scared of, <laughs> or it could be, that, that, that destructive energy is way more so overwhelming to allow that the message that you're trying to get across, which is, are you cheating on me, gets lost yeah. there, right? And, and, um, and when you're that, it, the thing is, it seems like with men, it's just like they get scared easily, I think. I think they get scared very easily. And so that, and, and, the, and this warrior energy is intimidating towards men, I think. And so yeah. you need to be, you need to be intelligent in how you deliver it um, and, and, and creative in, in how you deliver it. Um, because I don't think the typical, man knows how to handle that kind of warrior energy so yeah i i think i fully understand what you're saying yeah okay so the last attribute we're going to talk about um is the passive resistance uh can you talk a little bit about like what that is and why do you believe it's like one of the most important attributes of the divine of the divine uh, feminine energy yeah so i'm coming from that example that you find out your husband is cheating and then you go buzz this and you're acting and shouting. It's not going to have as much effect as we can just if you're calm. Even if you don't talk about it, he comes home, he knows he knows what he knows you know. And mm-hmm. you're not saying anything, you're just being you're talking to him, you serve him dinner, you back him to what he wants anything else. You know, you're just being normal. That has more of a damning effect than if you take more and just scream, yeah, passive vibration. He knows He knows you know. He knows you're angry. But one thing I come to understand is I'm still going to be able to get my point across without, without shouting, without being in your face, without being aggressive. But you know I'm angry. But I'm coming telling you this is what you did. This is how I feel. This is why I feel the way I feel. Mm-hmm. It's more likely to get to you rather than me shouting and spoiling things. And that is the real, that is the passive vibration. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, I'm angry, but I'm not, I'm not showing it in the way that you expect me to show it. Right. And that's the real, that's the very powerful attribute of the divine feminine. Ability to show your displeasure without, without, you know, compromising yourself. Mm. That compromise that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like, for instance, if I'm, whenever I'm angry with my husband, does something I don't like, the first thing I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go screaming and shouting. I'm, I'm not longer. I'm not, I'm not in that place anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. in that place where I have to scream and shout to be heard. I know that you hear me. Mm-hmm. I know you see me. I know you hear me. I'm just going to say it once. I'm not going to say it, you know, so many times so that you hear me over and over again and then ignore me. I'm not going to say it once, and then. With my behavior, you know that I'm serious. Right. So if I say, if I, say I need to take this trench out, and I say once, and I say it right, and don't take me out. 
I'm going to take it off myself. And when I take it out, you're going to know there's a way I'll look at you. And there's a way I'll, I'm not shouting, I'm not praying, but I feel that I'm very, very unhappy with the fact that please take the trash out and you refuse to do it. Right. I don't have to clean my shirt. If I take that trash out today, I take it out tomorrow, I take it out next tomorrow, and I'm looking at you sometimes with brain and I'm just quiet. You're going to get the message. You won't mm. have to wait for me to take out, ask you to take out the trash again. You know that. You know, I hire you to take out the trash. Right. I don't have to say, oh, why did you take out the trash? You... You don't even... Whenever I tell you, there's no need for any of that. No. The divine feminine knows who she is. She doesn't have to keep repeating, you know, over and over again what she wants and why she wants it. She has told you what she wants. She wants to do it. She will do it. Right. Who has the divine masculine or I talk to? This isn't the case. She's not happy. She's disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. You go ahead and do what you need to do. That's the passive vibration. I have not, you know, I, I'm not in your face, I'm not screaming, I'm not, I'm not making energy of the cross unbearable, but I've, I've managed to pass across by this pleasure in this situation. Yeah. You've gotten your message across. You told them exactly yeah. how you feel. You laid out the expectations. The ball is now in your court. There's, there's nothing on me. This is on you now. You know exactly how I feel. <laughs> I told you this many times. Now you get to make the next decision after having this kind of information, what you decide to do. And now I know who you are. Because there's no there's no there's no blame for ignorance at this point. And and like, if you keep telling you, keep telling you, keep telling them and they refuse to listen to you, then they don't respect you. Right. And you really want to be around that kind of person. Yeah. Is that compromising values we spoke about earlier? Yeah. Yeah. In the right from Pluto, she doesn't have to compromise anything about herself. Exactly. She knows that she, she knows that she's okay. She knows that there's nothing wrong with her. And any other aspect of her character, she needs to develop. She keep, you know, you turn out okay. Then bothered on some days today that you know I need to work on. And I was like, well, okay, this is how you do. Thank you for letting me know. I'm going to work on them. Mm. I don't know what time feeling sorry for myself and feeling like, oh, I, you know, feeling ashamed when he said this and he said that. No, he has said this is how I feel when he says some things and then how I feel when he does some things. Could you work on it? And I'm like, okay, yeah. How would you want me to work on it? He said, okay, this is nine dollars from now. I was like, okay, it sounds like this, I will try. Mm. But I'm not going to go off and start saying, oh, I, why didn't you tell me this a long time ago? Why are you not making me feel so type of way? It's not necessary. It's not necessary. Yeah. If I mean, I know that just because someone that's giving you constructive uh, um, criticism or feedback about your character, about how it works, yeah, doesn't take anything away from you. Right. No, definitely not. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, all right. So we there's a few more attributes you talking about in your article uh, for the divine feminine energy, um, and we covered a lot of topics today that I believe is really interconnected between the sexual confidence and the elements relationship and the divine feminine energy. I, I, we can talk about this for days. We, you can already tell. Um, <laughs> and so, if there's someone in our audience today is listening to this episode and want to like see more of your work or or talk a little bit more about these different attributes or stuff that we talked about today. How can they find you? How can they connect with you? Okay, so um, I'm usually on Instagram and um, on TikTok as Conserotica. So they can find me on Instagram. Um, my DMs are always open. They can always DM me and um, just to reply, just DM me away. They can always DM me and I'll reply on Conserotica. Yeah, love that. And we'll put your, um, the link to your Instagram and your TikTok. 
in the show notes, along with uh, all the resources that we talked about today. Um, and Dima, I just want to say thank you so much for doing this with me. I thought it was awesome that you said yes. You're my first international guest. I was like, oh, I feel special. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for your wisdom and your patience. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, we'll just, we'll talk soon for sure. Sure. Okay, all right, bye. Bye. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of We Love Freely. Please check out the show notes for copies of the resources we went over today and contact information for our guests. Additionally, please check out We Love Freely on Instagram and TikTok to keep up to date on future episodes and live chats. Hope you have a gorgeous week. Much love. Mwah.